Hi, welcome to Haven. This is a podcast that's a safe space for curiosity and conversation. I'm your host, Haven, and today I'm curious about longings and unmet desires. Longings and unmet desires. This is an experience of humanity. It's one of the harder parts about being human, which is having hopes and dreams and desires that sometimes are even out of our control. So what do you do in the interim between something you're hoping for and waiting and wishing and even striving or working towards and it's not there yet? What do you do with those feelings in between because it can get kind of messy and what brought this up for me was infertility I tried a long time to get pregnant I'm not even actually going to define what long is because I don't think it matters it doesn't matter if someone tried you know a year or five years that disappointment is there And we don't have to do any kind of comparisons, whether it's any type of grief, it's continual and it can be hard. And I had a longing for a while to be a mother and it felt outside of my control in many, many ways. And I had to grapple with what does that look like? I had enough friends who had gone before me. And I knew like fertility is not as easy as it seems, or there's the the option of miscarriage, which can be completely gutting and heart wrenching, or you can go through IVF with, which is tough on your body and painful. And there's a lot of different avenues to parenthood and it's not always a smooth road. Sometimes it's kind of bumpy. And so I want to talk about What does that look like? And the way that I wanted to open it up is I want to read a journal entry that I wrote when I was kind of in that tough season. And it was a big question mark of how that chapter was even going to end. So I'll read a little bit into what my brain space was when I was in the middle of an unmet desire. So I just start almost mid-thought because for me, a lot of What helps me process is just stream of consciousness, writing it either on my phone or iPad. And it helps me just get everything out. So this was just one take of everything that felt in my heart at that moment. I think we had been, we'd been trying for over a year at this point. So that's a little bit of um, the window into where I was when I wrote this before my first child. I've had the gift for Aaron for almost a year now how I wanted to surprise him and tell him I was pregnant. It's an inside joke with a tiny Fajal Raven backpack that we talked about using as a diaper bag. It's mini and black. I picked the color not because it's gender neutral, screw that, little boys can love pink, but because we talked about our little baby growing into it and using it as a backpack for their toys. And I didn't want to have a color that I love now and dislike in a couple years. I planned to fill it with diapers, pacifiers, a mama bird shirt I got for myself to be wearing under a jacket. I unzipped after I gave him the gift card and a papa bird patch I had custom made for his favorite denim jacket full of patches. It's been on a shelf of our closet since November 2017. 
just sitting there, waiting for there to actually be a baby to celebrate and tell him about. But it's not time yet, and I don't know if it ever will be. Not in a hopeless way, but in a sense that God doesn't owe us a baby from my womb. We will be parents. I don't question that. I've had the prayer of adoption in my heart since I was a child myself. At the same time, it seems like the future is just foggy in that area. I've walked through nearly a dozen friends' struggle with infertility. And on the other hand, celebrated with the women around me who seemingly sneeze and get pregnant. I just didn't really know which category I would fall into. I've known since September 26, 2017 that I was ready to be a mom. I woke up on my birthday and in my heart could tell it was just time to start trying. Aaron's been ready for about two years, but following our pattern of him telling me he was ready to marry me years before I was even going there in my head, he beat me to it. I look back at telling one of my dear friends over lunch that we were going to start trying, but maybe skipping the October window and starting in November. I don't want to cancer mail. Yikes. She laughed so sweetly and insinuated, I have a lot to learn if I think I can control the time and the sign of when we get pregnant. And she was so right. I just, I didn't know then that the first lesson of parenting I'd learned was realizing we won't be in control of anything when it comes to our child. So I better learn that quick. Since then, for a year, we've taken our Friday family book club and added different parenting books to the list. We've made our way through some incredibly helpful conversations. I'm so grateful we had prior to any deadline of a child being here. I think I'll look back and see all the good that happened during this season that I otherwise wouldn't have experienced if we had gotten pregnant right away. It's in the same breath of knowing that, that I know that I know I can trust God in the timing. He could have made it happen whenever, and his perspective is so much bigger than mine. But at the same time, I have moments where I feel like a child asking for something and being disappointed I didn't get what I asked for when I asked for it. I don't know why I'm writing this other than to get it out of my head and heart. Whether my baby comes from my womb or another's, I want it to know that in this moment, I want it so badly. And I love it with all my heart. I can't wait to find out who you are and get to know what your dreams and desires and thoughts and personality will be. I'm ready to receive you exactly as you are. And I'll try my very best to take off my own projections and ego of who I'd want you to be. I can't wait for you to meet your dad. He's the best, most playful and loving person I think you'll ever meet. Maybe second one day in your eyes to your future spouse. But in my eyes, he's number one. You're so blessed to get to be on the receiving end of all of his love and nurturing. We are ready for you whenever and however you show up in our lives. And it, even right now, I'm feeling emotional because it's all coming back. I know, I know the end of that story now. I didn't know it then, and it could have been a different ending. I wanted a baby so bad. And it's, it was a fine line between wanting something and it's out of your hands. But also I remember feeling torn because you can't just let it go. Like there's certain times during the month, certain days where that could happen. And I had to be cognizant of that. And my, my nature is to control for sure. 
when it didn't happen. Like, I mean, you even hear that on there. I was like, maybe I'll skip November so I don't have a cancer mail because I had worked with a couple of those and they were tough. How, how silly of me. But when I didn't get pregnant, I ordered ovulation strips and I was like, okay, I'm going to know the exact day I'm ovulating and I'll work it that way. And when they came in, I felt the impression of God being like, hey, you're really trying to white knuckle this. But the first lesson I'm teaching you of parenthood is you can't control this and you can't control your child. And there's a time and a place for ovulation strips. That's not what my point is here. My point is that was the lesson for me is as a parent, like I have to relinquish that control. And it was the first thing I needed to work on. And it's hard because it's not just, okay, you know, let go and let God, because there are elements that are on my side, but it's not all on mine. It's not all on his. And how do you walk that line between actively waiting and wanting, but things that are out of your control? And I remember writing this to kind of get it out as the first kind of piece in my head. And then I talked to a lot of friends, safe friends, and I was honest with where I was. And I was disappointed every month that it didn't happen. I remember feeling just mini grief for one to two days. Another thing that helped me when I was doing this was protecting my headspace. And I would mute people who recently found out they were pregnant or had a baby. And it was not any less that I celebrated for them. I'm so, I was so thrilled. I knew for myself, it hurt when I wasn't ready to feel hurt to pull up a phone and see another pregnancy announcement, another baby milestone. I can celebrate with them when I'm in the headspace and I'm with them. But it reminds me of that one movie, Julie and Julia with Meryl Streep, there's this one um, scene that really spoke to me where she gets this letter from her sister. She finds out her sister's pregnant and she's like, oh, I'm so happy for her. I'm so, I'm so happy. And then she starts crying and her husband comes and holds her and she's like, I'm happy, but she was crying. And that's how it feels. It feels like you exhale celebration and then just re-inhale your own grief again when those moments happen. And so it was a fine line for me between two, how can I keep going there? There's nothing I can really do to change this. I'm around people who are getting what I want and their desires are being met and mine aren't right now. What does that look like? And it's different for everyone. It's also not just fertility. You know, some people want health. Some people want um, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Some people want to move to a different life. Some people want to adjust the financial bracket that they're in and feel like they keep hitting walls. Like there are so many things that happen in that. And I also want to read the other side of this is where I am right now, where we have two beautiful children. I'm so thrilled. I love them. I'm so glad that I got the gift of that. But we recently closed the chapter of children. Too. I joked about it when I had my friend Eric on here because it was like the weekend my husband was getting his vasectomy and we're close enough with them where we had talked about, you know, what are our options? What are we going to do? So he knew about it. And I asked my husband, I was like, are you okay if I keep this in the episode? He was like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. That's the truth. That's what happened. And when that happened, I journaled too, because I felt a lot of mixed feelings because also unmet desires sometimes They're the desires that you know are there, but it's maybe not even right 
in that moment. Sometimes it's mixed feelings, desire. So I even want to read kind of the bookending chapter to when I wrote about infertility. This is what I journaled when my husband had his vasectomy. And I talked even in my first episodes, I'm going to share from my scars, not my open wounds. So I want to reiterate that this is not an open wound. It's a decision we came to very seriously and over time. Um, but that doesn't make it any less tender. doesn't make it any less, wow, yeah, that was the moment of grief. So I want to share it with you and also add the caveat that I'm a human here and I'm not asking for your opinions on anything. I am open for curiosity and conversation, but when it comes to something like this, someone who's having an unmet desire or grief or something they're working through, it's actually not the time for opinions. It's the time to be a safe listener and a safe, open person and supporter. So I'm also sharing it with that of, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, what does it look like for desires and longings and, you know, waiting or interim. And I'll give the specifics of what even helped me in both of these scenarios. But when I'm sharing these moments, I'm just letting you into me. I'm letting you into me as the person and me as the human that's going through things. So what I wrote was, and just like that, my motherhood chapter of bringing new souls to this world has ended. This must be the reverse of how males feel when they're going to be dads. All conceptual information in your head because nothing has changed in your body, only your partner's. Aaron went in for the procedure today, and just like that, it's done. I felt the emotions behind my eyes all day. The permanency. But it can't feel real. It doesn't feel real. My mind's clinging to some semblance of, what if in four years you accidentally get pregnant, and then it's just further sign and proof the soul was meant to be on earth. They defied reality. But that isn't likely. They literally test in a follow-up appointment in a few weeks to confirm that won't happen. It's over. I know I'm not ready for another baby right now, not with the two that I have and me and Aaron choosing to have careers, the two-year absolute focus it requires for pregnancy, then the readjustment phase, lack of body autonomy. It grinds me down to a nub emotionally, then requires such time and care to rebuild. Meanwhile, the opposite happens to my body, where it grows and grows, then it's entirely in service to another, all while it resettles back down. Not naturally either, but with so much freaking time and dedication to make that happen. Such a grind bringing life into this world. Years ago, I remember I once had a friend that said, if I could have kids pop out at one year old, I would have 10 of them. I didn't understand that at the time. Sacrifice baby cuddles? No way. Uh, yes way. That would be amazing to skip the freaking mountain climb it takes to get there. We're in the sweet spot of a three and a half and a one and a half year old. They're delightful, sleep through the night, and have personalities developing. But the amount of effort it would take for a third child, I just don't know if I have it in me for at least four years. But then do I really want to go back to baby phase? No, it's so much better doing it with momentum. Isley to echo two years, both in diapers and step with the stages. To restart that cold turkey would be life-alteringly different. It'd be life-alteringly difficult. It would be now or never. And with building our careers, it's most definitely not now, so I guess it's never. Not like it was my decision anyways. Aaron's been adamant that this is the route he wants. It's his body and his choice, truly, at the end of the day. To be honest, he technically didn't even have to consult me because it's his body. But of course, I'm so glad he did. 
I'm glad he knows himself enough to say two is my capacity. That's the limit of what I can do well. And I'd be overwhelmed and stretched too thin at three. And how can I argue with that? I want to respect his limits and honor what he's telling me about himself. Two is manageable. Two is beautiful. I got a boy and a girl, thank God. I know this would feel worse if I didn't have that. But even so, why am I so sad? It wasn't my decision. It was his. He asked me today if I resented him. There's absolutely nothing in me that does. If anything, it's more respect. But I'm grieving. What other soul could I have welcomed? Who could have come into our family that made me say, I can't picture life without you? I'll never know. I'll never know them. I love being a parent. More than that, I love being a parent with Aaron. I love making humans from an act of love that we intentionally had. Navy, could it have been you? Second son, do I wish you were in my arms someday? I'll never know. What was once a question mark in four years' time is now erased and is a period. We're done having kids? We're done having kids. We do always joke after introducing a third, you then gamble on having a Chet Hanks. So that gives me some solace. We stopped before producing a Chet, laugh out loud. And that's how he ended it, because this was for my eyes only. <laughs> I wasn't planning on, obviously, reading that out to the world. So it was a little inside joke of like, we didn't get a Chet, and we're kind of relieved. I know a couple of families that have a Chet, and they really bring a lot of um, color to the world, but they're very exhausting. So overall, it was a lighthearted way to end a pretty heavy thing to write, where that was a desire, and even I came to the conclusion, it's not the move we're choosing right now and we're choosing to go forward and I still may have a longing for that that will be unmet so what do you do with unmet longings what do you do when your desires don't come to fruition even if you're the one choosing to not bring them into fruition so these are questions I just want to pose and I want to think about out loud and my slice obviously is with the fertility and children aspect but again it's so much bigger than that. So for that, I want to bring in my friend. Her name is Gaia. She is an amazing therapist, but she's also a really, really great friend. And so I want to talk with her a little bit about what her take is on this topic. Now a quick pause to hear from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Aid. Aid offers fractional virtual assistants whose sole purpose is to help people who are making a difference. Are you bogged down in your email and still managing your own calendar? Delegating those tasks to a high-caliber career assistant can free you up to utilize your time towards the areas of your best and highest use, allowing you to focus on the areas you truly thrive in. Learn more at efficientaid.com. That's efficient, A-I-D-E.com. Okay, back to the episode. So welcome, Gaia. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. (laughs) I am feeling like, wow, it kind of started on a downer (laughs) and I'm bringing in a guest. So I appreciate you kind of coming in at that moment because so much of grief sometimes is there's not a resolve. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. not like a happy ending closer. I mean, obviously, like sometimes there there is, but it's such a mixed bag inside sometimes. Absolutely. I feel like I very quickly learned from you the power of sitting in it sometimes too. Mm -hmm. That's really important as well. Totally. So I'm happy to be here to do that with you. Thank you. I want to tell a little bit about you and I to our listeners. 
So I know Gaia through our church here in LA. And I feel like I can't explain how many times I feel like I talk on here about babysitters. It's just like a big part of my life right now is trying to find adequate (laughs) childcare. So I needed someone and they referred Gaia and they're like, she's a licensed marriage and family therapist. Like all of this resume where I was like, sure, I trust this lady. Like if you trust her, I trust her. So you came over and then we were talking and I was like, wait, can we be friends? (laughs) Like, you're definitely overqualified to watch toddlers <laughs> in that setting, but also I really enjoy you. So we kicked it off. We absolutely kicked it off. And talk about an unmet desire. I was looking for community, and I feel like it comes in so many different forms. Mm-hmm. And saying yes to babysitting led to so much more. So <laughs> you never know what your yes means. And it I'm so thankful for that. Led to <laughs> farmers markets, Sundays, book the clubs, best. Book club. sleepovers. Mm-hmm. The absolute best. No, I love mm-hmm. that. Well, Going into a little bit on the topic mm-hmm. of like, what does that look like? Because there's yeah. a myriad of different ways that it can express mm-hmm. itself. So mm-hmm. one, obviously you see it through the lens of a therapist, mm-hmm. but then you also are a human. Mm-hmm. So like, what's your take even when I was telling you a little yeah. bit about this topic? Yeah, absolutely. I just couldn't see more value in talking about this subject because I think so often we just like to white knuckle life, Mm -hmm. hold it so closely when the reality is there's just so much that's out of our control. Mm -hmm. And it's such a human experience, but it's that idea of a both and, you know, that you can feel disappointment, feel sadness and have hope. And so I just feel honored to sit in that space and to talk about all the areas that we have longings, that we have dreams, because that's just like what it means to exist, Mm -hmm. you know, is to sit in that tension and we get to celebrate, but we also get to grieve. And both of those places are so powerful. And you see it also through a little bit of like the spectrum of age where Mm -hmm. tell us about your day job. You're not talking to adults all the time. Yeah. You're talking to the prime of hormonal life, middle schoolers. (laughs) That is so true. I have a very special place in my heart for middle schoolers, which I never thought I'd say. But Mm -hmm. I think what they have taught me the most is that when something comes up in your world, it can be your whole world. It can feel like your whole world, even if it maybe isn't your whole world. Mm -hmm. They have really taught me that it's okay for something to take over, but we have to acknowledge that it's not our whole world. And I think that's where perspective comes in. Um, Whether you are 12 or 15 and perspective feels a little bit harder to find, Mm -hmm. or you're an adult and you're able to teach your brain to have a bigger perspective on something, that's just such an important piece of living out life um, and not being afraid of emotion and to identify your emotion, but to also be able to recognize, okay, maybe my desires are unmet right now, but what else is going on in my life? Like, how can I widen that perspective and that worldview of like, yes, and like there is a reality of grief and hardship right now. And I can celebrate because there's so much good. It's so hard. It's so hard to do that. (laughs) It's so hard. So hard. I remember that was an amazing piece of advice. I was talking to my friend Mariah Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. I was trying to get pregnant Mm -hmm. and it was, it is your whole world. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, oh, I have to know the days on the calendar. Mm -hmm. And then I know when I may not Mm -hmm. like find out that I'm not pregnant or, you Mm -hmm. know, all of that. So it's like, you are kind of tied to this weird time thing that's hard to remove from. But she was like, what if she was like, you just took someone, Mm -hmm. a younger woman, took her to coffee and said like, how can I support you? in this time. Mm -hmm. I remember being like, that's weird advice. (laughs) (laughs) 
sounds like, good, but hmm. <laughs> yeah. so to go to someone else and care about them when I'm hurting, you know, mm-hmm. I just like, I understood mm-hmm. it in my head, but I was like, well, it's worth a try, mm-hmm. but it's actually really really beautiful about looking about these little things like that whole season wasn't all bad like there was so much there I took um, a young woman her name was Ciela and I said hey I'm gonna champion you I'm gonna Mm -hmm. pray for you I'm gonna be here for you and since then I've gotten to see her blossom to like a young woman who's like has went from her transitional job to like an adult job Mm -hmm. I've seen her get engaged I was a Mm -hmm. bridesmaid in her wedding like um, our family loves their family so much. Mm-hmm. And like, I wouldn't have that relationship with her yeah. if I didn't focus on someone outside of myself in there. I yeah. think it's so much both and like, that's Absolutely. the thing. It's like, not all about me, mm-hmm. but it's also not all about everything else. Mm-hmm. Like I have to honor this grief and it is like a delicate yeah. balance in there. And then even the most beautiful full circle moment is when I did get pregnant and then have a baby and the mm-hmm. pandemic happened, Sela was our nanny. Yeah. For Isley. She has a special, special bond. Isley mm. calls her Lella for like that mm-hmm. first year of her life where I'm like, oh, wow. Like hindsight, you see the elements yeah. that were present that when you're in it, it's too hard. Absolutely. It's too hard to see. Mm-hmm. But then you do kind of have those like, oh, it's actively waiting. You and mm-hmm. I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. So expand on it a little bit more mm-hmm. of like when you have an unmet desire, you're waiting. Yeah. But waiting isn't always passive. Absolutely. Yes, I love this idea that waiting means to wait well. And that is a verb, that is an action. And above all, that's a choice. Like Mm -hmm. we get to decide if we're going to step into how we're going to wait. How are we going to walk that journey? And I think there's so many different practices and strategies you can walk out. And I've had my own experiences with longings. And one of them in particular has been in my health journey. Mm. I have prayed and longed for healing in my body and kind of walked through that chronic illness story that maybe others are familiar with. And one thing that has really been so helpful to me in what it means to actively wait well is that perspective. And a question I often would ask myself is what is my longing led me to? Mm. Um, And I I feel like that is such a big piece of your story with infertility. It's like Mm -hmm. just one piece of that is that it led you to Ciela and Mm. led you to that friendship and mental mentorship. And for me, it was as simple as I learned through my health journey, the power of food. That was just one, one part of it that I became really passionate about. And then that opened up a whole new world of, I think I'm going to go to school for therapy because I'm super passionate about the mind body connection. And I can look back now being a few years removed from maybe the more intense part of that season and go, wow, there's no way I would have pursued my education in this career if I didn't have to walk through that journey that felt really frustrating at the time and still can flare up at times, but longings serve a purpose. Mm. I truly believe that they're not in vain and that there's something that you can grow from or benefit from even in the midst of that hard. I love that. What has my longing led me to? Yeah. What has my longing led me to? It makes me think too of like when we were in that time, I, I mentioned it briefly in what mm. I had journaled, but like... Aaron and I, we started a Friday family book club because mm-hmm. we're like, we're a family, by the way. Like, We don't have kids. Amen. We're still a family. <laughs> you know, we were family before kids come mm-hmm. into the world. And we would choose different parenting books and each mm-hmm. read the same chapter and then alternate who would come up with questions. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible because we didn't have this like end date of when a child would be here, but we got to decide who yeah. do we want to be as parents? Like, 
what is our parenting strategy of like, what are the core values of us as a family? And what do we want for that even going forward? It kind of reminds me of like how we did um, couples counseling before getting engaged, like Mm -hmm. before the pressure, everyone, a little bunny trail, everyone goes into um, the wedding day. Let's plan the wedding day. What is it going to look like? What's the colors? What are the bridesmaid dresses? Where's the venue? And all that is wonderful Mm -hmm. and so important. Mm -hmm. That's one day. Your marriage is the rest of your life, hopefully. How are you preparing for your marriage? How are you preparing for that relationship? That requires the same, if not more, than the value you're putting into a planning an event and a wedding day. And yeah. I think about that of parenting of, oh, we planned our parenthood. We weren't doing a registry because we didn't have a baby. Mm-hmm. We weren't doing a timeline. We yeah. weren't preparing all of those like logistical things. We were like conceptually, Who are we going to be as parents? Like, what are we bringing into it from our own families? What are we removing from our own families? And Mm -hmm. I don't know. Hindsight's 20-20. Yeah. Sometimes in the middle, like, you still can't see it. You're Mm -hmm. just trying to actively go Mm -hmm. forward. But in the back, it's like, what what has my longing led me to? And I think it's it's so unique to ask that question because it's really easy to be in blinders of being like, I'm not getting what I'm wanting. I'm very, very sad. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But there's beauty to be had yeah. in those. It's just we can't discount the pain. Absolutely. And I think that's where grief and lamenting is so valuable too. Mm-hmm. And my personality is to skip over that part of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, I even mentioned to you as we were getting ready to record, like I'm a glass half full person. Like yeah. it is hard for me to pause and sit in things when they feel hard. And as I've walked out the past few years of many longings that we all have, I have noticed in this past year that unprocessed Mm -hmm. grief has come back up for me. Mm -hmm. And I used to have this motto kind of of like, Gaia, you get 24 hours to be upset. You get 24 Mm -hmm. hours to feel sad and disappointed that your body's betraying you. Or Mm -hmm. you get 24 hours to feel upset that this season of your life hasn't come to pass. But why do I have to put that limit on myself? Right. And I think that's the question. Mm-hmm. And as I've just gotten older and matured, it's like, wow, I understand younger guy's intention. Mm-hmm. But I wonder kind of the harm that caused in some way because I didn't pause to just say, hey, it's okay to feel disappointed mm-hmm. that this isn't happening for you or hasn't come to pass yet. And it's kind of that idea of just the body keeps the score, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, these emotions will settle. They will remain until we can acknowledge them and let them go and move on. Um, but I think that's such an important piece of the journey too. And I love like the journaling. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that's a way of just acknowledging, like I want to take the space to get, honor myself, mm-hmm. right? And even like our bodies are made like, holistically connected Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. if you're feeling upset you naturally cry yeah and so sometimes for me like (laughs) crying in the moment sometimes doesn't always feel the safest of like when Mm -hmm. it bubbled up I'm like Mm -hmm. not a real appropriate time (laughs) to cry right now (laughs) but then if I like push it down too much then it's hard for me to access Mm -hmm. so I'd be like I'm gonna go watch the first five minutes of up every time it'll really work or one time I remember I was um really stressed with the work thing is mm. like 10 years ago and I was really stressed and I had to like be a leader in the moment. I couldn't yeah. really feel it, but I had pushed those emotions enough where I told Aaron, I was like, it feels like I put a cork in them. Mm. Like I need them to come out. I don't know mm-hmm. how. And mm-hmm. I was like, I've never seen Titanic. <laughs> 
I was like, this is the time. Yes. So we watched Titanic. He kind of kept looking at me like, is she going to get sad? Is she going to cry? And then nothing. Mm. And then the last scene of the movie or, you know, whatever is the saddest mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. I started like weeping, like all the of that part. unprocessed emotion. And he kind of mm-hmm. hugged me. He was like, this is more than the movie, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Definitely, definitely is just like, permission. Yes, I just <laughs> yeah. needed a, a trigger to yes. get it out. But I think it's too of like sometimes we can mm-hmm. splice ourselves off mm-hmm. from our holistic nature mm-hmm. of like when things come up, like to feel it in the moment. Like we laugh Absolutely. when we feel like laughing, but we don't always allow ourselves to cry mm-hmm. when we feel like crying. Mm-hmm. And that's it's healthy. Like when you shut your body down enough, that's going to be that trains your body. Like, oh, that's not welcome here. And it pushes it like the body keeps the score. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing book. Like mm-hmm. it, it comes Incredible. up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. How have you walked through the process of identifying like, who are those people I want to have these conversations mm-hmm. with? Because I do think it's important to find those spaces, but not feel like you have to process it with everyone mm-hmm. or walk that journey super publicly, but that there's a time and a place. Like, what does it look like? For you to identify, like, who am I going to share this challenge of infertility with? Who am I going to Mm -hmm. share just the ups and downs of parenthood with? Yeah, I think whether it's like a touchy subject like infertility Mm -hmm. or, you know, parenting, I always like to go to people who don't turn it in a way to share about themselves Mm -hmm. which is it's a well-meaning place Mm -hmm. but then I feel shut down Mm -hmm. I feel a little thwarted I feel unheard I want someone who's going to take a beat and then ask Mm -hmm. me another question Mm -hmm. like I need someone to help me process outwardly and so I think when I find it I'm just like oh that's someone Who's good at that? And that's what I need. Everyone needs something different. Someone Mm -hmm. may need a cheerleader. Someone Mm -hmm. may need an encourager. Mm -hmm. What I need is someone to just help me excavate and process and, you know, talk about it. And then like Mm -hmm. an easy question of like, how can I support you in this time? Mm -hmm. Such a good question. It's different, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's different for every scenario, but I like being asked that because it's also not Mm -hmm. assuming, you know, sometimes it's like, I'm, I'm too tired to think about dinner can you like just send me dinner or I don't really want you to bring this up unless I bring it up mm-hmm. like support looks different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or it's like I just want you to sit on the couch and just kind of be bummed with me yeah. and I don't know like it's I think when I find people like that mm-hmm. I look for what I need where even if they're doing like a well-meaning oh I know what you mean like oh that happened to me or my friend I always in my head I'm like I'm sitting right here like, can we, can we keep it on that part? It feels selfish, but it is like, I need it. You know, Mm -hmm. I need someone to be able to pause on the way that it's landing for them and keep the focus on me. And that's also the type of friend that I try to be Mm -hmm. is when someone's doing that always, it's going to be like, Oh, it reminds me of this or this helped that one. There's time and a place for that. But when someone's kind of just sharing something that's like pretty open, that's how I land. How do you, like, how do you navigate it? Yeah. Needing a soft place for your vulnerability to land, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Community has just been so Mm -hmm. essential for me. And I think that's also another thing that my longing has led me to is people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've vacillated kind of between not sharing anything and then oversharing Mm -hmm. (laughs) because trying to be vulnerable. But I remember having two specific friends that 
really called me out kind of on this idea that like, it's okay to not have it all together. Like it's okay to let people in on what feels hard. And then I feel like the pendulum swung the other way. Mm -hmm. And I like, overshared was really vulnerable about it and it's kind of finding that equilibrium I'm like who not the word isn't deserves but kind of Mm -hmm. who do I feel has that seat in my life to Mm -hmm. sit in those messy feelings Mm -hmm. and to move through that and to call me to something greater but acknowledging where I'm at too Mm -hmm. so I think just really identifying like who are those people to me that's my friends and family Mm -hmm. and I'm really really grateful for that Mm -hmm. and I think to other people it's a therapist or something like that Mm -hmm. but um yeah I couldn't do life without them (laughs) I'm so grateful the pendulum is so true yeah like sometimes when you're trying anything new you kind of just go to Mm -hmm. the other side Mm -hmm. and then you have to find the middle the middle ground yeah yeah. yeah. Like what is, what's the difference of an overshare and being vulnerable? You know, like you have to figure that out mm-hmm, internally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We um got some questions from our listeners yeah, about this topic because it. It, <laughs> it showed a lot for mm-hmm. different people. So I'm just going to even list off Great. some of the longings people had mm-hmm. for a good relationship with my in-laws. Mm. Someone said for a vaginal birth, both my boys mm-hmm. were C-sections. I know all the happy to have a healthy baby mentality, but I... I will never have that experience and it feels like I'm missing out. Yeah. Someone said a best friend. Mm. Someone said a spouse. Mm. Health in their body. Yeah. An income that will take me past this life that I'm currently in. Mm. Can't seem to get there. Those are the kind of the main themes I saw coming up. Yeah. Like it's it's different Gosh. for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it like the one about the birth actually stuck out to me too. I was going to say, I feel like you could speak into that. Well, yeah, because I just find it, it's, it's both. It's like, oh, I'm glad I have a happy baby and I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. Like to be disappointed, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like maybe you did miss out on that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying you didn't. Mm -hmm. Maybe you did miss out on that type of birth and that sucks. How vulnerable to even just say the truth of that statement, like. Maybe you did, and that's hard. Yeah. Like, that feels so healing to me to just even acknowledge, wow, that happened. Yeah. Like, that's a part of your healing process. Yeah, not to jump into your Mm -hmm. head. And the problem solving and the perspective and the gratitude, which are all beautiful things. Yeah. And I'm drawn to them quickly, but how much of a disservice do we do ourselves when we aren't acknowledging that, man, that was hard. Yeah, I wanted that experience. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can get, I can understand that. Yeah. Or a good relationship with my in-laws. Woof. Woof. <laughs> Woof. Yeah. That's, I totally can like understand mm. of like, oh, that'd be amazing. You know? You talked so much about longings and dreams, so much of it being out of your control. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when it pertains to relationship with others, so much of that is out of our control. We're only so much of that equation. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to someone who's longing for that relationship with their in-laws or to try and put back together a broken relationship that they're longing to see healed mm. when you're only 50% of the partnership? Yeah. Gosh, there's so many different places that yeah. you could go because <laughs> it depends on the scenario. Yeah. Like, are they unkind to you? Yeah. You know? Yes. Is it just not the closeness that you had hoped for? Mm-hmm. Is it... um Gosh, there's just so much in there. I think all we can do is keep our side of the fence. Yeah. 
That's great. You know, like, what does it look like? How can I show up best mm. and honor myself and be like, mm. I'm not going to go way, way out of my way for someone yeah. who doesn't seem to be reciprocating that. Mm -hmm. But how can I, at the end of the day, feel good about myself mm -hmm. of what I've done on that? Yeah. Which is harder. I think about um, dating. Like, I extremely lucked out on that scenario. Yes, you did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I know. I know I did. I know I did. And I'm like, this would be very hard mm -hmm. to be in a city mm -hmm. and being like, I mean, I see it for my friends. I'm like, it is slim yeah. pickings, ladies. Yeah. Like, there's incredible. Incredible. I mean, I just know mm -hmm. a lot of single women that I think are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're not wrong. The city is pretty tough. Yeah. And I think about that too, where it's like, you could be amazing. And it's just like, where, mm -hmm. where do you find someone? And it's, mm -hmm. then it gets a little granular where I'm like, okay, like you attract who you are. So keep doing that. Don't wait for a better life for a spouse. Yeah. Like keep living the life you mm -hmm. want to. Mm -hmm. And then it'll like, align parallel whatever you yes. know or it's like okay like amazing I think of this every time I go to the gym in the morning I'm like there's amazing single woman here if I was a single guy I would straight up do gym classes in the morning those women have their lives together <laughs> and they're like on top of it and they're beautiful and awesome yeah. like where else are you going to look for people? Like no one's going to find you in your room. You have to leave the house. Yeah. Step one, you have to leave the house. But, so it's, it is a balance. It's back yeah. to the both. And it's like, you do yeah. have to put yourself out there. Yes. And a lot of it's out of your control, but you can't all be like, Oh, it's completely gone. Or you can't be like, I'm going to go to this place and this mm -hmm. venue and ask mm -hmm. this friend. Like you also can't form something that's not there. I love that visual of a ladder, like kind of the idea that like the ultimate dream, the ultimate longing is up at the top. But I feel like when you say it out loud, it can feel so intense and so big. And mm -hmm. I can resonate on that dating story, especially dating in LA. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, what's one thing I can do today to so just like go up one step on the ladder? You know, mm -hmm. like what is in my control? Okay, I can leave the house today. Okay, mm -hmm. like <laughs> I can make intentional plans to go meet new friends because new friends, no other people people and what are the small decisions I can make because I often find myself thinking about the big goal and then I find myself freezing mm. and not accomplishing anything so it's like okay what's one thing I can do today to mm. take a step towards that dream wow I think it's true I think I like ladder I've never heard that mm -hmm. I think of even just like planting seeds like yeah. I thought about this before is like you put a seed in the ground mm -hmm. and one you have to have a seed in the ground mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you have to have an you have to have an element yes. present <laughs> It also takes water and soil mm -hmm. and light, like all mm -hmm. of those things I can do. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, only God can make life mm -hmm. like that. Other stuff is beyond me. I can mm -hmm. present the environment mm -hmm. for it to grow. Yes. But I can't do anything outside of that. For me personally, and I know you've alluded to your faith on this podcast, it's really mm -hmm. hard for me to talk about longings and mm -hmm. unmet desires without bringing that component in mm -hmm. because on the days that feel hopeless or where it's harder to find that perspective. Mm -hmm. I think something that really helps me is reminding myself like who I am mm -hmm. in relationship to Christ and knowing because I have that worthiness, 
I have the, his promises. And so I get to wait with confidence. And I think that's another thing too, is just being so rooted and like knowing what you're waiting for, even if you don't know all of the details and how it's going to play out. Like mm -hmm. I have a confidence that my desires have been heard. And so I can go live my fullest life, you know, waiting with that expectation that good mm -hmm. is around the corner, that there will dreams that will be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And there will some that won't be fulfilled how you expect, but mm -hmm. they're going to be good. Like the end will be good. I love that. That's yeah. really beautiful. Just keeps you grounded on the days where there's nothing else you can pull from. You're like, nothing else is working. The bottom of the barrel today. Bottom of the barrel, but also the most important piece of the puzzle. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I have more questions on here, but kind of live in this moment, it doesn't really feel like we could really get the complexity of this in just these quick, you know, Q&As. So I'm actually not going to read them because I just don't think it would... Uh, do it justice. I would think it'd be a disservice mm -hmm. to try and, you know, whittle down someone's pain mm -hmm. into just like a, you know, question soundbite answer. So I think I'd rather end with some type of encouragement of if you're in this scenario, this transitioning, want to meet someone, want to have a baby, want to get your health in line with where you'd like it to be, relationship with your in-laws, grieving a birth experience. I don't know. Like, fill in the blank because those are just a couple examples like what was the first be the, the first thing that you would say yeah. to someone Gaia you know what comes to mind for me is you are so brave for saying it out loud mm -hmm. for putting that question in the question box for acknowledging I have really real longings I have really real unmet desires I feel like saying it out loud is the first step Mm -hmm. the first actionable step to waiting well. Mm -hmm. And so you are seen, you're not alone. Find someone who's in the wait with you. Mm -hmm. Confide in someone, be vulnerable. It has so many gifts, your vulnerability does, and your um, your dreams and your unmet, unmet desires, like there is an end to the story. Mm. So I think just keep taking the next step, keep climbing the ladder, whatever that looks like in your personal story, mm. it's worth it. I love that. I think it's really yeah. beautiful. It's just the acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. I also like to think of it as like a bendy straw where mm -hmm. it's like we think, oh, the most efficient way is A to B. But like you may go yes. all around, you may go mm -hmm. there and the ending may not even be B, mm -hmm. you know, like there's another piece that is going to be included there, even if you don't want it to be. But it's never linear. It's never mm -hmm. um, efficient. <laughs> it's never like expedited. That's just life. And so how do we handle like the messiness of life so thank you for telling me a little bit about your experience with it thank you for inviting me on mm -hmm. it's an important topic i'm glad we're talking about it me too so yeah. i appreciate you going on the journey with me on this and if you um do want to submit a longer form question or feedback or thoughts you can email mm -hmm. hello at havenpod.com or follow me on instagram and tiktok at haven the podcast um, YouTube, watch, follow, subscribe, share. You can do all the things there. But other than that, I just want you to know I'm with you mm -hmm. in this moment. And I hope you have friends who are too. That's what I'll be praying for you is Gaia's kind of comment on community is it's really hard to do this alone. Mm -hmm. And so I hope you find your people who can kind of hold you up in these moments. Thanks. Thanks.